world. Welcome to Journey of Discovery with the Body Owl. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Angela Lee, certified quantum shift facilitator and author. Hi, Angela. Hello. That's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> it is. You know, I've had, it is not the worst one of the day. I have had like some of the most complicated groups of words to describe what people do um, on this podcast recently. So this was, this was a breeze in comparison. I went through the okay, ringer. Good. You'll see it. <laughs> I, I even said, I'm like, I'm butchering it right now with this other one. <laughs> so um, you are a quantum shift facilitator. And mm -hmm. what does that mean exactly? Can you, can you explain what exactly that is? It's, um, it's a form of energy healing. I can do physical energy healing, but it's more emotional energy healing. So a lot of times um, when a person is, is injured emotionally, they tend to not really let the feelings flow because there's fear, there's... Um, it hurts to feel that feeling. So the feelings get tamped down and stuck. And that can lead to illness and all kinds of other issues. And so um, what, as a quantum shift facilitator, what I can do is by asking the right questions and shifting the energy, I can help people release emotions. And right, that allows right. them to become more of who they are. Okay, so like the um, emotional blockages and things that people put up almost uh, unintentionally sometimes yes. out of fear, so that way they don't have to feel the feelings, the emotion of pain. Yes, and really the message behind that is it's really important to feel all the feelings. And if we avoid feeling a feeling, then that's how they get stuck. <laughs> so, right. And then, like yeah. you said, they end up manifesting themselves in other in ways. Many like, different ways. Right. Yeah. It can be a physical ailment even um, from... Mm -hmm that manifests from hanging on to this negative energy and allowing it to stay blocked inside you. So you yeah. help your clients work through that so they're not holding on to that? Yeah, and I, I shift perspective, I shift energy. Yeah. And, um, it's interesting because I did a blog post on perspective and how important really managing your perspective is to not only your health well it's emotional and and physical health i agree um and it's very similar if not the same as what i do with clients um is trying to do energy healing physically with you know chakra balancing and things but mm -hmm. also the coaching aspect of my yes. my work is really where most of the work comes in because i don't know from your experience, but from my understanding is people, you can guide them, but people are really healing themselves, right? Yes, and that's why asking the questions 
because they're coming up with their own answers. They're coming up with their own solutions to heal themselves, basically. I'm just facilitating. I'm not. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so you've written multiple books, yeah. um, which congratulations, writing Thank a you. book. Let me tell you, um, I have tried getting started at writing a book and it is a lot of work to go through and even write one book, let alone at least three that I saw that Well, let me just, um, let me just correct that a little bit because um, the three books that I'm already published in are self-help anthologies. The first one that I wrote is called Ignite Your Life for Women, and I have one chapter. There are 34 other women. Each of us have a chapter, and it becomes an anthology. Okay. So every one of the three books, I just wrote a chapter. So you and that was contributing author. I'm a contributing author, yeah. Um, but that awoke within me this creativity. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up writing a whole book, which will be published. I, I think it'll hit the stores in uh, mid-August, early to mid-August. So I want to hear all about this new book. But before we jump to that, I would like to hear what inspired you get started in writing to begin with um how did you how did your journey land you as being an author in the first place so i'm gonna i'm gonna like go a little bit beyond actually starting to write so um i was just a regular person um, working in a government and not really thrilled with my job or my life in general. Um, and then October 9th, 2017, I was awakened at 1.30 in the morning by a phone call that said, um, wildfire in your area, evacuate immediately. Wow. And having a phone call at 1.30 in the morning, you know, it's never going to be good. So I was already kind of dreading picking up the phone, but I hear that and I just slammed the phone down, jumped up and opened the back door. And what I saw was, um, you know, it's midnight, it's 1.30. The sky was tangerine orange at the top of my hill. And I could see licking flames on trees. And um, the noise was, oh, oh boy, the noise was a freight train and a lion roaring, both as loud as they can be, combined together. Really? It was worldly. It was surreal. It was shocking. And I slammed the door shut. I just said, no, we have to go because my ex-husband was, he, he didn't believe that we needed to, to leave. So 
<laughs> when I shut the door, I said, no, 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 we, we have to go. So in 10 minutes, we gathered the few things that we could. Um, we, you know, put on street clothes, got the dog in the truck, put the dog bed, dog food, whatever. I grabbed the photo albums and then we drove away and 10 minutes later, our house caught fire. So the corner of the house caught fire and it quickly spread. The front windows exploded outward into the street. The back windows melted into these strange sculptures. The house started and was completely gone, a two-foot pile of ash in 10 minutes. Wow. Um, car engines melted. Cars on the driveway, the engines melted. The fire was that hot. And it was so ferocious that firemen could not stop it. In my community, 5,000 homes were destroyed. And That's scary. It was very scary. And I didn't have the scariest um, thing. You know, I heard it. I saw it. I even heard There was a paraplegic young woman who lived at, so my street ended in a court and then the next street over backed up and she was on that street. Um, her screams while she died because she couldn't get out. Oh, 20, wow. 24 people died that night. So you experienced a significantly traumatic event. Yeah, I did. And um, when you, when your life is turned upside down in that way, it, it's a moment where you have to look at, you know, what am I doing? Who am I? Where am I going? And I decided that my relationship with my ex-husband was the only thing I had left. And without going into any details about that relationship, I'm just going to say that it wasn't serving me. And so I, I, nine months after the fire, decided to leave. Right. And so traumatic events can oftentimes leave people with these existential questions and yes. yeah examining their life and um having a brush with you know a near-death experience whether you experienced a near-death experience with your body or not your mind in my opinion experienced a near-death experience because it was only what like 10 or 15 minutes the difference between your life and your death yeah and a phone call right if i didn't have a landline if i only had a cell phone i wouldn't have gotten that call and i yeah. saved your life it did wow yeah so yeah. you experienced the trauma and you re-examined your life Yes, I and did. you realize that your relationship wasn't serving you and so no house no belongings on your own now 
Starting fresh. <laughs> it's, it's like, Starting. it was like a, a rebirth of Angela. It was. <laughs> yeah. And it, it allowed me to become me. Right. And in that process, I was in a Facebook group and a woman had posted that she was seeking stories of overcoming trauma. And so I, I Facebook messaged her and I said, I've got a trauma story. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. she asked me to do a couple of paragraphs, which I did. And she said, oh yeah, you're in the book. And that book was Ignite Your Life for Women, which, you know, ironically, Ignite Fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cosmic symmetry on that one, for sure. A little bit. Yeah. Um, that unlocked within me a love of writing. So I started writing a fairy tale, which I had toyed with the idea previously, um, but never really you know, between my full-time government job and all the other things, um, it never really got my focused attention. So can I ask you something before you continue? Right now in your life, do you find gratitude for the trauma because it did inspire and invoke this new version of your life that you're enjoying now? Absolutely. I say it's the best thing that ever happened to me. And I don't say that lightly because I know it was a trauma. And I know many, many people who went through that same night haven't been able to shift their perspective to, right. to this level. Um, this wasn't the first fire for me. When I was four, my house burned down too. And so... <laughs> Wow. Really, my soul chose for me to experience these things. And um, yeah, it was the catalyst that started me on the path to becoming me. And how can I not be grateful for that? Even though I am, you know, horrified about the deaths, I'm, I'm in and empathy for all the pain and suffering that everybody went through. And, you know, I just remember that the next morning, the only store open was Walmart. So we had nothing. We needed deodorant, toothpaste, toothbrush, hairbrush, um, makeup, clothes, shoes, underwear, socks. Yeah, literally everything. <laughs> everything. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it does, it, and I do wonder the difference between people because I have experienced trauma and I have decided to look at it the same way you have. And I find gratitude for all of the trauma and the struggles I've gone through in life, no matter how challenging and painful. But there are people that do not and that aren't able to get to that point or haven't yet. And I always wonder how being trauma survivors, we can really like unlock that for other people because um, living and suffering is a choice, but yes. how do you get people to see that um, that don't see it that way, right? <laughs> so some of it is doing 
energy shifting, you through your Reiki, me through quantum facilitating. Um, but victim consciousness and fear consciousness right now are real things. And um, when you're in victim consciousness, so the fire did that to me. Mm -hmm. My life was destroyed by the fire. Right. Um, when you're in that kind of victim consciousness, you have no power to make choices to change it because the power is always outside of yourself. He did that to me. He has to change in order for me to feel better. Right. Um, it's when you can look and at things and say within every painful thing there is a gift yes and the gift is your growth yeah i agree and, yeah sometimes the most painful things are the most beneficial for growth i usually mm -hmm. like the it usually goes hand in hand right the darkest nights produce the brightest rainbows or whatever that saying is like it is true the most painful experiences we have and that we go through we survive them because they're the biggest times of evolution in our personal development um, and and our souls basically you know everybody on earth has the bravest soul because earth is the only place where there's these energies of you know hate intolerance all these so our souls chose to come here every every person on earth and the bravest of the brave chose the hardest lives and I heard in the um, group that we met on Facebook mm -hmm. that every victim is a light worker in training. Yeah, I saw that. I really loved, loved that. that. Yeah, I loved that because it, it's true. And um, all, all they need to do to find their, their inner power is to shift their perspective out of victimhood and into empowerment right yeah. yes i love it i totally agree um i recently started doing these groups um empath to activist and <laughs> really what what it's what it's all about is victim mentality and rather than being an empath empathetic person who's taking on the emotion and burden of others be more of a compassionate leader and take that love and turn that love into leadership um and i think that it's also empowering to people to have the thought that they too can be a leader um and that if you are a survivor of something traumatic or a struggle you were meant to be a leader to show others how your story can help and teach others absolutely yeah. and you don't have to be a writer you could just be someone who shares 
your growth over coffee with someone and you're making a difference you're being a leader absolutely you're sending that little first ripple into the world yes. and then those ripples keep going um keep going. and like people never should undervalue the importance they have in that system of rippling because everybody is connected we're all connected to each yeah. other and to the universe and it's really important to understand how important each individual person is and that we're all equally important um as light workers we all have a role to help raise the frequency and so um those with my book i'm hoping to bring enough seeds of enlightenment into not only the kids but their parents who might read the book to their kids yeah so let me hear about this book um <laughs> this fairy tale and it is a children's book um yes. a transformational book for children what what does that mean tell me all about the book because okay i love the idea that you're teaching children um first of all i think that's a great idea <laughs> <laughs> and and i can't really claim the idea um as i wrote you know i my soul was right here pushing me along so I'm just bringing from this, the, you know, higher collective, higher consciousness into this story. Your humility, um, your humility is inspiring. I love that because um, we are conduits to yes. the energy, right? And yeah. it's, it, it is important to remember that fact. Um, and I think some people do forget, but I like that. I like your attitude about it. Um, it's really nice. <laughs> Thank you. So my book is called Bella Santini in the Land of Everlasting Change, and it's a um, aimed at like middle grade kids. It's basically it's a twenty two chapter book. It's action adventure. You know, every it's. A, even adults so it's on the first 10 chapters are on wattpad.com and 90 percent of the person i think it's been looked at by 540 some people wow and 90 percent of them are over the age of 40 and the comments are just like i can't wait to read the rest of it so i know <laughs> it, it has appeal to many ages um, and, you know, I've been told that it's engaging and basically, so, um, as the story builds through, through the book, um, the main character, a 14 year old girl is exposed to different challenges. Um, one of the challenges she ends up going, she has to go to an alternate reality to find a relic and that reality that she ends up in is a world populated by emotions and so in that chapter the characters who are with her 
well, there's only one, um, the character with her and she must remember how to manage and sort through emotions in order to get through the world. And so it's teaching that emotions are mentionable and manageable. And so, you know, you think of the kids suffering in silence and choosing suicide because they can't manage or talk about their emotions. Um, I'm really trying to, to stem the tide of that and bullying um, through the, there's tools, there's lessons, there's concepts all built in throughout the story to um, just help yeah so it's like a fictional action adventure book intertwined with like hidden self-help messages yes for the audience <laughs> that's really that's really clever um i think that that is an amazing thing that you're able to put together and I will definitely want to read it because I I love fiction and action adventure types of things um and this like is action adventure fiction with purpose right with purpose um, yeah and you know the the best pre-reader comment I received my friend Lisa Erickson who is the founder of Migraine Magic she's a very enlightened person and she created these sprays that help if you spray if you're getting a migraine you just spray and it like stops the migraine wow so, yeah it's pretty amazing um migrainemagic.com is that like um <laughs> is it is it like essential oils like aromatherapy type of modality um, there there's a little bit of that but she she puts magic in it. <laughs> so, Literally magic. Is she, does she practice magic? I just interviewed somebody who practices magic. So. She's a very magical person. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. But what she said about my book, and she's read the whole thing, she said, This is the most magical book I've read since Harry Potter. And Ooh. for me, for my book to be like even compared to something that was you know that viral is like oh my gosh that oh my gosh so I love I'm it. That other people feel the same way because to me it's a purpose-driven book it's about bringing these messages to the world and so the more people that read it the more the message is spread right like you said before like planting seeds right yes so the more seeds the better future outcome um yeah. now like when you market the book are you able to give it to schools or is there a way to like get it into the school system or um, there is yeah the publisher i'm working with um has a package that i can add on to my package that is all about getting the book into corporate and school environments so even 
it could help in corporate environments because um, there are real perspective shifts, um, discussions about victim energy and discussions about responsibility and, and you know, how taking responsibility takes you out of victim energy. And right, so and those, those things do happen in the workplace with adults all the time. All the time. I was I've in victim worked, energy. <laughs> I've worked in environments where it feels like um, I'm literally in school all over again, right? Um, certain work environments are more like that than others. Um, yeah, if you feel like you're working in a toxic environment, it's yeah, I'm reluctant to say this because it's it might trigger people, but you know that I have to bring truth, and so the truth is that you are living in victim energy if you're right. seeing your work environment as toxic. I know this. I lived it. Yeah, and and I know now that shifting my perspective if I had been able to do that while I was in that work environment, I wouldn't have felt it was toxic. Right. And the funniest thing about that is like, now that I'm out of it and I don't have that perspective, like noticing backbiting and these other things, how people behave and the, uh, cool group at work and feeling excluded <laughs> right i mean right. now that my perspective has changed it's funny because like i don't think i ever want to go back to working in that type of environment ever again even no. though now i know that i absorb i i used to absorb energy from my surroundings and now I have the skills that I could survive in that environment and thrive, but who I want to, right? <laughs> but the environment would be different for both of us if we jumped back in because the world is our mirror and we are mirrors for the world. Right. So um if I am seeing someone as toxic, what I'm seeing is their mirror and I'm seeing the toxic in me. Right. I don't want to recognize or like yes. <laughs> or admit to. Yes, most people and don't so, want to admit to the fact that we exist to each other as mirrors, right? <laughs> yeah, that it's a hard, it really is a hard concept and um, I can talk about it with you because you understand and I have actually triggered other people talking about it until they could grasp. They right, but the whole thing, the whole idea about triggering in the first place is something that people need to accept that one must not go through life allowing themselves to be triggered by other people's thoughts or emotions, right? Well, it's even deeper than that because when you are triggered, it's mirroring. It's a mirror showing you that you have a wound that needs to be paid oh, attention well. to. It needs yeah. to be shifted. And so 
the trigger, the fact that you are triggered um, is a gift. Right. It, and it's like it's an very, alarm clock, right? Yes. It's, like, it's your body's it's way of saying, hello, <laughs> you're upset because this is unresolved issues with you, you know, unresolved trauma lives within the body. It does not mm -hmm. go away until you deal with it. That's why, like you said, it's And that's so why you will repeat the same. So in my life, I had in my marriage, what I, what I considered a toxic relationship in my work, what I considered a toxic relationship. And after the fire, I was able, and it took me, probably took me a year and a half to get to the point where I could say, okay, how much of my perception was creating the environment that I was in? Right. And how much of my perception was from my triggers, these wounds inside of me, that I, these shadows that I didn't want to approach and I basically um basically I ended up getting energy healing from a quantum shift facilitator very powerful woman yeah who helped me to shift some of that and and embrace the shadow you know just pull that shadow into my heart and love it because it's a part of me right yeah, it is all you. Um, I, I got some physical energy healing work done. I never have gone to um, anybody. I, I went through the dark night on my own, right? Did you? Um, oh. and it, it was. It was. <laughs> You're a very brave soul. <laughs> well, like you said, I signed up for this, right? So. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely am grateful that I did the way I did um, because otherwise I wouldn't have the same level of understanding um, but it, it is a challenging process to go through for a lot of people and I think that's why it's important there are people like you and like me that are here to assist other people to go through the process because somebody doesn't have to go through it alone um, they don't and and like you said earlier, um, the suffering, suffering comes when you're resisting. Yeah. So if you can face your shadow, allow your shadow, love your shadow, you're no longer in resisting and the suffering ends. Right. Pain is inevitable, but suffering isn't, right? So... Pain is going to happen no matter what. We get injured emotionally, we get injured physically, but suffering is sitting in that pain for an extended yes. period of time unnecessarily. And it's holding on to that pain. Yeah. Um, holding it close to your heart. And some people, you know, it, it, it's so sad. Some people do that for their whole life. 
I know. Or they just, they never live their purpose also, which is another form of suffering in my eyes, because are they really fully living? And then I believe in reincarnation. So, and, and you do too. Okay. So even for people that don't believe in reincarnation, even more importantly for those people, you only have one shot, right? So the ones that don't believe in reincarnation, I mean, what are they you only have, Yeah, they only have one shot in this life. Right. But all of us, we, all of us have souls and our souls live multiple lives right. at the same time. Yeah, so, it's multi multiverse theory and um, multi-dimensional, yeah, multi-dimensional, yeah. multi-time, time and space, all this stuff. Yeah, so like with reincarnation, it's like you're going through all this pain and suffering and struggle, and if you don't make changes now, you're literally gonna have to do it all over again, my friend. So absolutely, what, and what that is covered in my book. It in the towards the end of the book, um, two of the characters are discussing the main character and whether in in her human upbringing can she embrace what I classify as fae concept because it's a fairy tale. And so, um, you know, the fae concept of victim energy, the fae concept of um, multiple lives. And there's one one quote within the book where, and I'm, I'm not, you know, this started at 5 a.m., so I'm not going to remember exactly what I wrote. But it's in effect saying, um, if you view someone as needing saving, you are placing additional victim, you're adding to the victim energy because you see them as needing saving Thus, you're putting victim energy into the equation. If you intervene to save them, then their soul in the next life must revisit, and it it might not be the same situation, but must revisit that same pain because it you need you took to, away you took it's away part your- of the growth of the soul. Yes. So and and people, um, you know, people have such a hard time embracing that concept. I had a discussion just the other day, and they're like, "Well, what about a two-year-old being abused? They don't choose that pain." And I say, "You know, yes, you're right. The person, the two-year-old, did not make that choice, but the soul did." Right. And, yeah. and you're messing with the karmic balance exactly. if, you're, if you're taking away the person's ability to save themselves, then you're taking away their ability to empower themselves. Well, you're, you're stopping the soul growth lessons of both sides. So the victim and the perpetrator both have growth lessons in that action. Right. In this, in no way am I advocating child abuse 
or no. advocating. I did not. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't take it that way. And I don't. I'm pretty sure that our viewer, our audience, is not going to take it that way. But it is probably good that you throw in the disclaimer because you know there's always somebody out there that wants to be like. Well, yeah. It. I mean that that whole discussion can be quite the trigger for yeah. for people. And I was triggered when I first learned about it my my healer said hey tell me what love is and um she said she said okay have your soul grab your hand and take you and show you what love is and so i see all these pictures flash through my head and it's like an old couple holding hands on a park bench it's a young couple running and laughing in the waves and all these beautiful images a mother holding her baby yeah and then i see a father screaming at a child a little child like a little kid and i was like oh, that's not love oh my god you know and and she said really ask your soul it's discipline possibly and in well there well, is love was that what it was yeah, about there's the hermetic principle of polarity yep so when you think of love and hate it's all love all of it there is only love but hate is a low love energy and love is a high love frequency Right. And so um, when viewed from the hermetic principle perspective. It's so funny you brought that up. <laughs> I just um, I just talked to my audience about the hermetic principles. Like within the last week or two, um, I did a Facebook Live talking about, oh my gosh, my dogs are scaring the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> the hermetic principles and trying to introduce the hermetic principles to people who have never heard of them before because like for a lot of people in the circles we might be in they're very common um mm -hmm. but i don't necessarily think that they're common everywhere like i don't think it's necessarily common knowledge for most right. people i think light workers know about them i think we're drawn them. we're drawn to that in the mm -hmm. enlightenment process right we need to understand those principles one of my favorite principles um is gender and understanding sacred feminine and are, masculine we're both feminine and masculine right and the sacred divine union of the two is the it is how you know partially how you become whole right and that the union of your divine masculine divine feminine within creates the magical child which is the best way to be <laughs> right yeah. that inner child right and then so with the sacred feminine and masculine i like to also think of it as being a great way for people to understand um the lbgtq movement and being mm -hmm. more accepting of what is going on in that community. I think that Absolutely. using, using because, that. 
we all have the energy of both genders within us. And so when someone is saying, I don't identify as a woman and I'm transgender a man, they're just feeling the male energy, the masculinity energy more within them. Right. And it, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And that is one of the reasons why the gender one is one of my favorites, because I think that it's so applicable in the world with that movement specifically to gain understanding and acceptance among all people of all people i think yes. the gender principle mm. would be beautiful for everybody to really understand and embrace what it means because then those people will no longer feel like um the need to show disrespect negativity or hate toward that community because that community is just embracing who they are and that is a beautiful thing. So I think that should yeah. be applauded. Um, but I do think uh, <coughs> spreading the knowledge on the hermetic principles is always a good thing. Um, so it's interesting because in, so I'm already writing the second book of this series. It's going to be a series. I started awesome. off knowing it would be three books, but it may be seven. I have no idea how far it's going to go. But in the second book, um, new characters introduce um, dragons. And these dragons, one of them is the master of hermetic principles. And so the interaction between the main character and this dragon, who is going to become her dragon protector, um, and so she'll gain lots of knowledge from yeah that the, those those principles are definitely going to be incorporated into any of the future work that i do there's a, a few different things that really stood out as being pivotal things for me to understand and learn and they stick with me i go back to them um certain greek philosophy really stuck with me the hermetic principles and then a lot of shamanism type of work um things to do with nature oh um, yeah my things, tree behind me just yeah. told me that i can call him teddy <laughs> so that's really funny so are you you believe that the um the plants have consciousness and wisdom and they communicate yeah i do yeah. too i am of that belief also and i mean even in the community that we're in not everybody agrees on um these types of things so it's always interesting to see where people where people stand with you know is it a conscious planet are the plants conscious um and what does that mean you know, like, can we get messages from them? I get messages from the trees. I was out yeah. in the forest and this one tree told me he used to be king of the forest here. Aww. And it was really cute. And then he pointed out his, um, like, the next king his of kingdom. the forest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, 
the current king of the forest and when I hike a lot, you know, the, the environment speaks to me and I know that it sounds weird to a lot of people and I started writing children's books a long time ago about like the desert because that's where I live mm -hmm. and like the different practices and their little communities and all this stuff. I haven't finished any of it, but I've always always heard you know like messages from nature and i think mm. accepting it is like free so right? <laughs> so my youtube channel i've yeah. created um i did three youtube videos that are children's like little their um picture book stories and they're five to ten minutes long but they're um well two of them are nature so one of them is the journey of a raindrop through the cycle of water yeah and then the other one is a little bird who wants to be a princess but learns to love her own gifts her own magic oh and then the third one I created for a, a young girl who has, um, she has a disease and it causes people to look at her um, as not, doesn't belong, doesn't. Um, so I, I made this video called Gracie is a Star Child and it's really showing her her value that she is a gift to the world so like similar to like the duckling you know that doesn't fit in and <laughs> and then um realizes that they're a swan right well yeah um you know <sighs> These children that have disabilities or um, they are some of those very, very, very brave souls that are taking the hardest roles. And so they are all star children <laughs> and they are a light shining in the world. Yeah, they really are children in general. So yes, they are. I know like, before we recorded, I'm pretty sure is before we started recording. So this is a perfect <laughs> segue to talk about how much we both agree about ability to learn from children. And uh, I definitely yeah. wanted to touch on that before we wrap up because <laughs> we both agree so much on this yeah. important key factor that so so as important as I feel that the books that I'm, you know, releasing into the world are, they're only about 20 to 30% of the magic that I can bring into the world. And the other part of my magic is connecting adults and children to childlike wonder, um, childlike joy curiosity and playfulness 
And those qualities, when we think about suffering, if we can go into our suffering with curiosity, wonder, and playfulness, all of a sudden the suffering is a lot less and a lot less painful. Right. Um, if we can bring any of those qualities into business, magic happens. If we bring it into, so you think about a three-year-old and a three-year-old will see a snail crossing a sidewalk and will crouch down and marvel at, you know, how does this magic trail happen behind this snail? And, and how does it move? And, how, you know, there's so much curiosity and wonder and just joy in this mundane thing that we as adults, you know, we walk by the snail. We don't even notice the snail. Oh, but not it, people like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, me. I I notice ant trails and yeah. Um, yeah, but, I notice it all. <laughs> but I was asleep for a long time. And during that time, I did not notice. I was busy in the world doing my work. Yeah. Work. Which so, did you always have, like, even when before, like, people describe me that have known me for a long time as naive or childlike <laughs> oh yes <laughs> childlike naivety and i'm wondering if that's like a common trait among light workers is it that i have a childlike curiosity about the world and i'm naive because i'm sheltered and i intentionally shelter myself or i don't think that you sheltered no you're you're not naive you're in touch with your magical child but and I am, it. I have been naive though too, because like, well, me I, too. I did shelter myself because I've always been very sensitive. And so I have intentionally sheltered myself from a lot of the ugly in the world because I didn't want to see it because it hurt yeah. me so Yeah, and I, I, you know, basically picked up and moved to a, part of the world where I didn't know anyone to start over to write my fairy tale in a very magical place partially to be away from you know to shelter from what I experienced before right so like new place new lifestyle new energy new yeah. energy yeah <laughs> and now and look what you're doing you're creating and you're producing things that are going to be able to help people and plant seeds and grow the light so like congratulations to you, you. for <laughs> being able to make that transformation because it is an accomplishment to just recover and um not only are you recovered but you're producing and creating to help other people so it's like taking that recovery 
into leadership, which is the next level, right? Yeah. And, you know, everybody can get there. It's just seeking wholeness within that gets you to where, and you don't have to wait until you're whole to be the light or, or, you know, bring your product to the world. You can do that while you're healing. Absolutely. Yeah. You can build your tribe while you're healing and experience it together and be stronger Which, as a, a group. Yeah. Because it, it's an exponential um, growth when yeah. you're doing that with other. Absolutely. Because there's other people that are on the same timeline mm -hmm. and being a leader and stepping up and saying, hey, this is who I am. This is where I'm at right now let's move forward together, that's brave. And there are yeah. a lot of people doing that right now. And I love yeah. seeing that. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I agree. Mm. It really is. Nice. <laughs> wow. So I just looked at the time. I can't believe how time flies when we're talking yes. about these things. So <laughs> is there anything else that we haven't discussed that you'd like to talk about um, for the audience? Um, well, anything in closing. Yeah, I just I want to say about the magical child that I'm creating a meditation that will be added to my YouTube that will allow adults to access the magical child within by remembering what it was like to be a child and play like a child. That's really cool. And I have heard a lot more on this topic recently um, about sacred play and like there's various terms for it. Um, mm -hmm. But I do keep hearing a lot more about it from a lot of different people. I think this is like an up and coming like wave of knowledge or a recent download or something that a lot of people got because yeah a lot of people, it's like the buzzword right now is this well there's that and then the divine feminine masculine so you know the magical child and the divine feminine it's very much a mesh and both pieces are very much part of this rising consciousness yeah wow yeah. So for those people that are a little bit behind in learning, there's a little bit of catching up to do, right? Um, learning about the hermetic principles and understanding all seven and then um, the role of the masculine, feminine, and then getting into the inner child and then being able to incorporate this play work. But I don't or, think it necessarily has to go in that order, right? You know? No, everybody has their own path. Yeah. And um, the thing is that people, so it's the trailblazers who had to the hardest of learning all these things. Yeah. Once that path is established, it's easier Everybody, everybody's already elevated yeah and and so learning these things is faster quicker easier and so it doesn't have to be hard um you just make the choice 
I want to live in this beautiful world where life is so good and beautiful and um, I can access joy because I'm in touch with my magical child. Yeah, I'm not sure I ever stopped being a magical child. <laughs> I know I did, but I, I, but I really know that it was... I didn't successfully stop being one. Um, I can tell you that much. It's always been a struggle for me to <laughs> behave like, you know, a grown-up. And um, I never felt like yeah. I fit in in an environment where it was unacceptable to be playful, you know? Um, you know, and that's true. I, I did have a sense of playfulness. I remember my son coming home and he wanted he was in fourth grade and they were teaching fractions and he could not understand this concept so i being the playful person that i am i grabbed a bag of m m's tore it open threw them on the counter and said all right here's four blue ones this is a group of four it's a one group of four we take one out, what do we have? Three of four, three-fourths. Right. We add one of the fourths back. Now we have a whole one. And we just moved M&Ms around and, oh, you eat one. And <laughs> right. Yeah, and I think some of the best teachers are people who never lose that playful inner child because you can see through the eyes of the child and get to their level to be able to get through to them, right? I was teaching children for a while, substituting, and I taught a STEM summer camp at Arizona State University through the mm -hmm. School of Geographical Sciences, and I love teaching kids because I have never left that mentality, right? Like, Well, yeah, and <laughs> you know, I, a child their imagination is so strong and imagination is such a an important skill so many adults say oh i have no imagination and they're just not in touch with their imagination they have imagination but they're right. out of touch with it and um accessing through the eyes of a child and put them back into touch with their imagination and you know with a blanket on their shoulders a child can be superman can be a swashbuckling pirate can be a prince can be you know they're and I, still do, I still do these things when i get out of the shower sometimes when i'm feeling <laughs> extra oh, special yeah i'm like i'll pretend <laughs> it's a cape yeah i'll like Especially if I have to like go into the kitchen for something right after I get out of the shower, like my phone's in there and it's ringing or something. Oh yeah, I put it on and I'm like, start yelling. I'm, I am a giant <laughs> child. Um, but you know, I don't understand why people feel the need to ever let go of that in the first place. Like, oh well, so you know? education, education drives the child out of children so the, yes. the current education system 
um, business drives the child out, it's not okay for you to bring playful energy into this environment. Right. And you know, I was we just, have to be serious. We were just uh. talking about this. I was just talking about this in another interview about how all the way through school, my undergrad, my master's degree, it is beaten out of you to use your intellect over anything else. Right? Yes. Be here. Don't be here. Right. And now, and, and now I'm all about like, be here, be here now, mindfulness. And everybody says, here. oh, Ram Das, Ram Das. I've never read Ram Das, but I know, yes, he says that. Be here, be here now. And it's a mindfulness te technique um, that really is amazing for people to start using. There is so many people. Right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So many people live in the past or the future mm -hmm. but those are not real oh the only thing real is this very moment and now that moment is gone and this moment is here and the more you live in the moment the more magical your life is absolutely because you don't have stress about the future about the past you, don't you, you no longer that. have fear. You no longer have anxiety. Yeah, it's literally gone because what because all you have to do right is now. Right this second. <laughs> right. Unless right. the moment right now you have a reason to be in fight or flight mode, obviously then that moment is not. And that does be happen. It doesn't right. happen very often, right? You know. Well, I'm, you know, in my fire. There was that moment that was very fear-inducing. Right. But as soon as I was away from the fire, I didn't have to hold on to that moment. I did. You know, I went through a dark night of the soul because of the fire. Um, I went through many dark nights, and they are they're rough. Um, I experienced yeah. like bam, 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 like four or five deaths in the family in two years. And then like um, an abusive, violent relationship. And, you know, it was like one thing after the next. It was like my, my journey was like shaking me to be like, come on now, let's <laughs> yeah. wake up all the way, time to wake up all the way, you know? And Yeah, and, and the longer you're in resistance to the wake-up calls that you're getting, yeah. the harder the wake-up calls are. So I was very resistant to waking up. I had to lose everything to finally say, okay, you know? <laughs> right yeah. yeah but looking back in retrospect it's like oh thank you <laughs> you know <laughs> yes yeah for every wake-up call thank you Absolutely. right so the people that are going through the suffering and the struggling right now um that happen to be listening um just take it from two people that have experienced struggle pain trauma that those times we're grateful for now, right? Um, yes. Because without them, you don't grow. Um, yeah, we wouldn't be where we are, being light workers, trying to 
bring messages to the world yeah. without what we went through. And every they, every yeah. victim is a light worker in training. I know, I love that one too. <laughs> and really like um, the people that have to still go through the dark night, um, have any messages for those? There's, there is abundant light at the end of that. Yeah. Just keep feeling it, keep feeling it, keep feeling it, because as you feel it, you're processing it and, and transmuting there's always, it. There's always resources for people. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like with what we've been talking about, I feel inspired to speak to those people right now. And I think it's because I want to make sure that anybody that resonates with what we've been saying to know that they don't have to go through it alone. There's a lot of resources. There's um, a ton of resources. Um, I'm I'm gonna put some affiliate links up on my website in the next couple of weeks to um, have you know some of the resources I used available to the people accessing my website. Very nice. Yeah. Wow. Angela, thank you so much for all of your time and your insight. And um, I really can't wait to read this fairy tale book that you have coming out. Um, yeah, I think uh, it might it might be out on Lionsgate, which would be an amazing time to book launch. Yeah, so, that would be August really 8th. Cool. Yeah. Um, and it would be really cool if it got turned into some sort of cartoon or movie for people that don't like to read. Um, well, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm doing it in audiobook. So, you know, parents can just put it in, in the car while driving somewhere. So driving on vacation, the whole family can hear the story. Very um, cool. Or driving to school a little bit at a time, hear the yeah, story. Yeah, absolutely. Especially then, for people that drive a little bit of a distance. That would be perfect. Yeah. I've, um, I've put in my manifestation list that Pixar makes it a movie. <laughs> did you do it? Did you do that at the new moon this month? I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did some manifestations at the new moon this month also. I'm a big um, fan of the moon and moon energy. So yeah. go figure oh, we have that we in common. We are kindred souls. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm like, go figure we have that one in common too, right? Um, <laughs> and for anybody watching, no, we've never met before. This call no. is the first time we've interacted, and it's just... Once you meet people that are part of your tribe, this is just how it seems to be, right? Like we're just on the same page, and it's so yeah. nice. And to come like be that. in our tribe. Come yeah. be in our tribe because everybody is welcome. welcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, what a great talk! Well, thank you, Angela, and thank you all the viewers and listeners. Um, I'm sending you love and positive vibes from the Body mm -hmm. Owl. And love and positive vibes from Angela Lee. Perfect. Yeah.